0: Months
1: old. We are Ressa and Z. And we are two Filipine ex mamas who thought that, hey, one of the ways that we can erode the impact of white supremacy and coloniality in our Filipino culture and our parenting practices is to get drunk and talk about it.
0: We aim to normalize a bunch of shit that people are typically hush hush about, model authenticity and create a space to make it easier for other Filipinx folks to be their authentic selves. And the conversation doesn't stop there. Follow us on
1: Instagram, Dirty Nanai, and on Facebook, Dirty Nanai, and our Philippine X community space where conversations happen that inspire our topics. Dirty Nanai, happy hour. This last one is a private group for Philippine X parents and parents who co-parent with Philippine X folks or parent Philippine X kiddos, so membership is filtered, which means
0: we will Facebook stalk you to make sure you are legit. Also, please support our podcast through Patreon. And I know that we say this in every intro, but we are so very thankful for your support. And if you've enjoyed our podcast and would like to support a couple of Dirty Nanais, please consider supporting us through Patreon. You can support us at our Dirty Nanai level for $1 a month. $1 with ASMR. Ooh. <laughs> our filthy Nanai level for $3 a month.
1: <sighs> ASMR sounds good.
0: Or our disgusting nanai level for $5 a month.
1: Arr, is this relaxing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever tier you go with, we will still be super elated by your support and our wishes to upgrade our equipment and perhaps create some fun merch for you all. So please let our dirty nanai dreams come true. Come true.
1: And of course, the biggest shout out to Shabzella and Bill Beats for our dope intro and outro music. woo Oh, we harmonized. Oh. Woo woo! No. I was trying to read your face. I was trying to anticipate. We did not harmonize. We are not syncing right now. Oh my gosh. It's okay. It's like we're just it's August was rough. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I it's like it's September and which I kid you not, I totally forgot it's September and thought it was October. And this whole time I had pre- been preparing for our October episode about superstition and Filipina ghosts. And then uh, like I it just I just was reminded today that it was September. <laughs> So, um, yeah, August was a rough month in Mount Rissa and Z-Land. So, excuse our brains right now. But um, why don't we do a quick check-in, Z, on how August beat you up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, is in the process of still beating me up.
1: Oh, well, God. August. I feel like,
0: okay. Okay. Like, I, I already knew in July or like the beginning of August, that I was so exhausted, but I didn't realize that exhausted had like 10 more levels of exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what in the world? Like, I didn't even realize that that had happened. So I was just thinking about okay, our last episode was at the end of July. Since yeah. then, our family ended up getting COVID.
1: God, God.
0: <laughs> so it was like, okay, all right, here. Uh, let me pull out my calendar because remember like last time that I did this, I was like, let me look at my planner to see like what had happened. So let me pull this yeah. up real quick. Ah. Okay. So what had happened in the land of the Z? The land of the Z. <laughs> is, that, is that we had got like my household got COVID. So uh. um, my spouse tested positive for COVID like mm. the end of July. Yeah. and then of course it's like four people in our household, and you're we like trying to strate- you know strategically keep everybody safe, but of mm-hmm. course it's like when you have kids, they all play together, and then people sneeze, and you have to take care of people, so you just end up getting it. And it was like two weeks of just like, oh my god, us getting through COVID, and then did of you, course, oh go ahead. Did you ever get COVID?
1: I know yeah. that. You're- oh, so you eventually did get it. Yeah,
0: I was the last one. <gasps> Wasn't it frustrating? Like. How eventually,
1: because like eventually, you're like, well, I'm gonna get it anyway. Can I just start testing positive for COVID so that like you can end the quarantine earlier, right? Right? Because it's the last person who got COVID. That's at the time, right? That's when you end quarantine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what it's like now Mm because we're all operating like COVID is no longer a thing. It's still a thing. But, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. But anyway, that's sucks. Yeah. Like, everything yeah.
0: just, like, switches, like, in terms of, like, the the regulations and all that. So, like, the first person to get it was my spouse. Yeah. And then it was my youngest kid mm-hmm. and then the older kid and then me. And then the older kid, like, it took forever for him to, like, get over it. But then it was, like, my spouse went back to work. And then it was, like, me trying to take care – like, Aside from like me trying to like take care of like everybody when people just like first got it, like at the end, I was still taking care of people because like when my spouse went to work, it's like the kids could not go back to like our, you know, to like childcare until they tested negative. So I was like, all right, here's an additional week of like trying to, you know, deal with my own shit while trying to deal with other people's shit.
1: That's kind of tough too, because like, how long did your kids... (laughs) Test for Positive for COVID Because I know it can last For like A month
0: Well luckily It it was like like A week It felt like The older one Was like a week But I was like That's still like A fucking long ass time Though And then you have kids Like I mean If if you've already You know Had COVID Like the kids Can't really go anywhere So we all like I wanted to kill everybody In like my household I I love my kids I love my spouse But (laughs) I'm like Damn I want to kill you all Uh, so much, it's yeah, a lot. yeah. A lot. So that yeah. had happened. Um, and then another, Ooh well, if we're gonna do an icebreaker, what's that? Maybe icebreaker? with like, oh,
1: no, no, don't. <laughs> are, you t- are you gonna spoil the icebreaker?
0: Don't no, I'm gonna, but I'm like, if I go, if we're gonna do it, I'm just kind of like, maybe I should hold off,
1: yeah, on the off. rest
0: of the stuff, do
1: it, yeah. So, then I'll yeah. guess it later, yeah, and then I'll drink.
0: And then I'll re-explain to you this very convoluted game that's happening in my head right now. Yeah, about how we'll do this. Yeah, so I I think I'm gonna hold off. But Z-Lan right now is a shit show. Shit show. And currently is a shit show.
1: Still a shit show. Huh? Still a shit show. Damn, Daniel. Yes.
0: I have not heard that meme. In I know. So long. I said it,
1: and then I was like, "Whoa!" I had multiple dialogue happening back and forth in that like millisecond. <laughs> I was like, did you just say that? When did that come from? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kaling! Remember when she said that too? Oh, it was great. Like literally I just, that's how my brain is operating now. Like I feel like, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like work or something, but I feel like my brain is working at like an intense speed that is like, I don't know if you've ever felt this where like And and it's good that, you know, our topic today is on transitions because I feel like I'm having the hardest time, like, just, like, my brain is, like, having multiple dialogues in between thoughts
0: Mm -hmm. um, before I get it all out. I don't know if you're experiencing anything like that. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like I have, like, creative ADHD and then, like, all the shit that happens in personal life, like, makes it, like fucking 10 times harder to concentrate in, like, work life. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm constantly like trying to grasp onto the edges of, I think I have my shit together. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just wandering. (laughs) So It kind of feels like that a little bit. But with brain just, like, going a thousand miles per hour.
1: Yes. (gasps) Yes. Yes. Okay. So... Actually, okay. I'm gonna do a different icebreaker. I'm okay. gonna do a different icebreaker, and then I'm 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 ch- changing things around. Z, I'm changing it around because that's how my brain is working right now. So, if you were to come up, so this is our icebreaker. Oh wait, no, we're still in check in. See, oh my god, yeah, my you brain need to is check everywhere. in first. My check in. Okay, I don't even know. I just feel like August is just like it's like this microaggression against me <laughs> the whole time and I'm just like I just have a lot of like tangled mess right now um in my brain um and it's it's just so hard to process like it's just so hard to process
0: I'm like, here for you
1: a, yeah thank you
0: I hate saying this but like being Filipino and having like a Filipino mom who is yeah. like just pray just pray you know, it's it's like one of those things where it's like when someone tells you to pray, it's like, it sounds like, do I just stick it out for the hell of sticking it out?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is that my mom gave me the exact, like, same advice. I I was like, man, I should just know not to vent to my mom about things because, like, I love my mom. I love my mom. She's so old school Filipina sometimes that I'm just like, ah, I don't know why I do this. Like I'm 35 years old and I find my mom like I find like I i don't know why I'm like constantly surprised that I'm not getting the validation that I want from my mom. There are other things that we can talk about. We can cheese together. You know, that's good. Um, but validation on some like nuanced things. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to get it from her. So like, I called my mom because I, um, what do you call it? Oh my God. Okay. So FYI, I'm not drinking as much alcohol, but like, I don't know why it's hitting me so much right now. Like, you know, that like weird pressure in your head from, I don't know. Oh my God. Weird. Well, disassociation. I just disassociated for a second. Oh, that's so weird. Um, okay. So my mom, I was like calling my mom, I um wanted to vent to her, um, because I was having okay, first of all, I do love my husband, I love my husband. There are times where like some of the things that he does makes it harder <laughs> for me to function, yeah, and like with work being so intense, um like like there are things that I'm just like, I want you to carry more of the mental load. Of stuff. Oh my God. I feel that. Because my work requires me to do a lot of thinking, to do a lot of decision making, to make plans A, B, C, D, E. Uh, And while work right now is so much better, um, uh, what do you call it? So it's much better, you know, but there is definitely a period of healing that has that Mm -hmm. needs to be had. Anyway, uh, so kind of back to like me being on edge a lot because of of what I've had to bring in from work. Um, so I've just been on edge and and I'm tired. And I think my executive decision-making skills gets totally worn by the end of the day that I can't make any more decisions.
0: Dude, that is so I, relevant though. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I feel I, that.
1: But and then so imagine after all of that, after all the problem solving, you know, right. And you know this because I don't even have to tell you to imagine because I know you're experiencing something similar. So you get home and then like, OK, so here it is. okay So my husband uh, this that morning um, and I'm still really tired from the, the day after uh, my husband that morning was like, you know, helping helping me with my ghetto. And was just not even helping. I'm sorry. He is he is co-parenting, so not helping, but he is co-parenting. But like throughout that morning, in which I'm like exhausted, and I've communicated how exhausted I am, and how my mental load is like, you know, please, like please carry some more mental load. Um, he was getting the kiddo ready, and um, he uh oh my god, I'm so dizzy already. Um, like he was getting the kiddo ready, and um, like put on pants that didn't fit her you know but like Mm -hmm. she wearing it you know and then um, I was like okay he's making the decisions on what she needs to wear Um, he's you know putting lunches together Um, but there are things that like he starts like asking me about that I'm just like no why don't you just take it on yourself you know including huh should I have her keep these pants on that are very loose you know, like, should I just have her keep these pants on and just kind of YOLO it and just send her off to daycare? And I'm like, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> you got to change her freaking pants so that right. it fits her. It it's her booty because otherwise she's going to run around. It's going to fall off and it's just not going to be fun for her. not yeah. going to be fun for anybody. Yeah. You know? But it's, like, little things like that that I'm like, come
0: on. I know. I feel that.
1: And, like, and then he also, like, struggled with, like – um tying her hair you know how like okay so like when you're tying a ponytail for example like that's not that's not hard like that's not hard but like it's something that he's just never had to do before Mm -hmm. he doesn't have any younger sisters he doesn't work with like kids before this you know before we had a kid so like it's literally his first time ever doing like tying a ponytail on a kid and he like struggled and he's like I can't do one, like i can't i can't i'm like where are your fine motor skills god damn it (laughs) So, um, so then, um, I, you know, I, I, like, he gets her ready, I'm ready for work, and then I see her with pants that don't fit her, and then some half-assed hair view, <laughs> and then I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? And then, so then I'd be like, fuck, so then now I'm, like, running late, and I gotta change her pants, yeah. and I gotta do her hair, and then she's doing all of this while she's trying to, like, you know, um... I don't know, claw out of my arms. And then, um, so then we go we go into the daycare and then um, uh, what do you call it? Oh, and then, oh, by the way, so right before I take her to daycare so I'm like carrying her, I then see brown parts in her fingers. I'm like, why? Why are there brown things in your fingers? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, there's no tissue around. I've already walked close to it. like It's too far for me to walk back to my car now. I'm in front of the daycare. I'm like, uh, and plus in my car, I don't even know if I have any paper towels or anything to like yeah. figure out what the fuck this is, right? And so I'm just like, oh my fucking God. Oh my God. I was like, please let this be food. Please let this be food because uh, I I can't, right? So I did the mom thing that I've never thought I've ever had to do, which was shove my child's fingers up my nose <laughs> so that I can see if it was but poop or like soy butter. Like I've had to do that. And I'm just kind of like, cool, cool, cool. And then like, thank God it was soy butter. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm just like, oh my God. But I was like, wait, she wasn't even eating soy butter this morning. Oh my God. This was from last night when he put her down. So he didn't even like watch her. Oh my God. Like, what is happening? And like, and he's not careless, but it's just kind of like all these things that you, like we all have to do. Like, as moms in particular, like, yeah. we've had to do a lot of meticulous checking, meticulous, like, steps to get your kid down. And I one know. of it is, like, not as having your kids wash their hands after dinner so that they're not sleeping with peanut butter on their hands, right? Anyway, so this is my context. I feel like I'm, like, telling a really long-ass story about how August beat me up. Um, but this is – even though it's one story, this is, like, the feeling of all of August. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I called my mom because I just wanted to vent to her. I, I my- forgot
0: why you were talking
1: about this story. Fuck <laughs> easy. Just, no, I totally forgot. Like, my,
0: this is where my brain is. of I like, where I is it going? You. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. I got Hello. Earth to Z. <laughs> That's, cool. That's cool. So then, um... That's right. So then
1: I call my mom, like I'm like almost in tears, and then I'm just like, "Mom, I'm having the hardest time right now." And then I was like, "Can you talk? I'm having a really, really hard time. I'm so annoyed at my spouse right now." Like I love him, but I'm so annoyed of him. Ah, you know. And then she's she's just like, "Risa, She's like, no, you don't get to be annoyed. Like, you shouldn't be annoyed. You are so lucky to have a man like him. He is not a chick boy. So you should be lucky. You should be be happy all the time. You should
0: pray. Oh, (laughs) not pray.
1: And then she's just like, you should pray so that you could be happy. And you should pray so that you can recognize how lucky you are right now that you don't have a chick boy. And that was her advice. And I was oh just like,
0: God. I hate
1: this. I was like, she's like, do you feel better? I'm like, no, I don't feel better, mom. And then, um, yeah, she tried. <laughs> so that was.
0: That was one, the, one of the one of the stories that kind of paints the picture of what August was that was for August
1: you. I know I know again it's one story but that is like August every day if you can yeah imagine I can imagine that basically like my mental and creative brain is so dead right now oh which is um remember how I was saying like we should I have a different <laughs> icebreaker for you so the icebreaker is after just kind of rambling on about where our brains are, if you were to describe a visual of what your brain looks like
0: right now, <sighs> what does it look like? Oh, my God. It looks like a house that the doors and windows are open. The um, the water is constantly running. Basically, it's my house right now. Like, there's toys all over the floor. (laughs) Um, Dishes piled, like, a fucking mile high. What else? Dishes that are still in the dishwasher that need to be unloaded. Piles of laundry. Basically, no personality of me in there. Oh. oh, I hate seeing that because I don't want to get teary-eyed too quick. But that's no, <sighs> that's hard. Okay, I'm like okay. Look, look at like <laughs> <laughs> I I saw you attempting <laughs> to not cry. <laughs> Did I tell you like my strategy for trying not to cry? What? No, <laughs> tell me the strategy. For not I am to cry? such like okay. If you can see me right now, listeners, like I'm already just like all teary-eyed. I've already had like a couple of, like tears already kind of like flow. Um mm-hmm. my strategy for trying not to cry because I'm such a crybaby. I cry during weddings. I cry during like, you know, heartwarming, yeah. you know, commercials is I just go throw up, throw up, throw up. And I like think of throw up instead. <laughs> I know it's like I just think of like the most unappealing thing so that like my brain switches so that I don't cry. Because also like in therapy, like you'll have like, you know, clients that like spill their heart you know to you right? and some of these stories like (sighs) resonate so much with you but you can't say anything right so like my strategy is that like I just kind of like look to the side and I'm like throw up throw up throw up (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so basically that's what the vision of um, what my brain kind of looks like yeah right now yeah
1: so I feel that Oh, I'm sorry. I just I mean like to feel especially because like you are just so vibrant in how you present yourself. Like, you know, you show such vibrance, like when you dance. You show such vibrance when you perform, when you're um when you're creating things. I mean, right, like even like when we do podcasts and stuff, like there's such a vibrancy in you. Um, and I can tell and and like and so like to feel that vibrance be so muted hmm. that you kind of feel like you lose that you've kind of lost a chunk of yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But then again, it's like on the flip side, that's why like in the month of August. I feel like August and September I feel like I've leaned so heavily into like my art projects recently yeah, Yeah. because I kind of feel like in the shut show that is my life right now or personal life that I just don't see me so that's why I'm like this is the only space where I feel like I'm me but then again it's like sometimes having an art project like one is great but then I have like 500 and then I'm like I also feel chaos and like trying to like figure out like how to study myself so yeah. I would say that's where that's the house that I'm currently in all while like maybe it like being in the middle of like some type of like turbulence or earthquake.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh dang. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's where
0: I'm at right Your now. Your brain is I know.
1: It's going through a lot of chaos. It's a shit just, show. It's a shit show. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're formulating sentences right now and I just appreciate it. <laughs>
0: Well, how about you? What is what is your vision? I wanna I wanna see well. I, I don't know if I wanna see like, it, right? but like I, I wanna I want I, I wanna support you. I'll put it that way. I, I'm yeah. happy to just like hear what what's going on with you and what that visual is for you right now.
1: I think in just like talking about like the longest intro ever, um and and just kind of like I, okay so I feel like my brain is currently like jello. Right, so it's jello, it's kind of jiggling and stuff. And then um a little child, I'm going to say my offspring is playing with this jello. Just playing with it and she is taking pieces of it and just throwing it up against the wall and just like throwing it up throwing it up, throwing it out at like one side of the wall. And then it's like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Let me, let me explore that little like splatter on that wall. But then you know what I'm also going to do? I'm going to throw it on the other side of the wall and then I'm going to eat it. And then I'm going to go and um I don't know, like smother my face all over it. So basically it's all over the place. Like my brain is all over the place and I feel like, untethered like I just feel so untethered um and like there's such a disconnect with what I want to say and how I'm expressing it and like and it's kind of like that feeling of um I'm trying to describe but like that feeling of um when, When you hear a song and it's like – and it's a song that you've not heard in a really long time and you don't know the words to it and then you're expected to just kind of like sing the song. That's how my brain and my heart feels like right now.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Does that make sense? I feel like I have like a stream of consciousness that's just like a
0: blur. What I'm hearing is that, wow, that is so therapist-like. What I'm hearing.
1: (laughs) What I'm hearing. What I'm hearing
0: is that, like, right now things seem, your brain is like jello. And it seems like where that jello goes is beyond your control at the moment. Because it's like it gets thrown by your child to the wall. Child may, like, roll around in it. Yeah. All this stuff that's happening is beyond your control. And what what was the second part that you had said something about being tethered? It was
1: it was uh yeah okay. Look, even my metaphors are so mixed, right? I go from like a visual Jello to like balloons, like tethered. No, right?
0: but, but to, see, like it, it was makes songs. sense though because um, for me, okay, this is for me. It's like on the inside, it feels like that. But then also for me, when I hear tethered, I'm like, but there's an expectancy for you to have your shit together.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, and there, yes. Yeah.
0: So you don't feel like yourself, but there's an expectancy for you to have your shit together.
1: Yeah. I mean, that sounds right. Like, that sounds right. Like, yeah, I can't, like, I, I just feel like I've, I, you know, I just said, like, I jokingly said that I was, like, disassociating, but I just feel very disassociated. <laughs> That's what it is from, like, myself. And I, I can't even fathom, maybe this is, like, next level, like, stress, where, like, I can't even, like, fathom what people expect of me right now, or, like, what I should be expecting of myself. Like, all I can think about is that, like, yep, I'm untethered. So I'm not, I don't even have that like, like cognizant feeling of like, or that just that cognition of that. I need to, I need to be tethered. So that, I don't know if that is that like next level, like, whoa, we are out
0: there. <laughs> no, it, I, it totally makes sense. And it's so funny because it's like, here we were two, two months ago, we're grounded and growing. And we're just like, we're oh shriveling gosh. and dying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but are we dying? And that's Not where my is like, are we dying? <laughs> I'm just I just know I'm floating
0: somewhere. <laughs> we just voluntarily like decide to like star ourselves basically a like nutrients. So that's like where oh we're
1: my at. Gosh. But that's so funny that you brought it up to the grounded and growing. And I think I haven't felt grounded in a while. And certainly like the concept of growing, right? is not even there. Like I'm not even thinking about growing because I'm barely like thinking about being grounded. Does that make sense? And yeah. so that's why I feel like that, you know, like you were, you kind of hit on it in that like I I don't quite feel like myself, but I don't have that pressure right now to get my shit together because I'm just so tired that I don't even like, I don't even have a thing that's like, oh, I should be grounded. It's just kind of like, mm-hmm. huh, I'm just untethered. <laughs>
0: yeah. I yeah. feel that.
1: Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope listeners. Oh my gosh. Did you just follow our like stream of consciousness with that slash therapeutic sesh? Because I <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those like episodes where like it's going to be kind of hard folding your laundry and like listening to it. Like you almost kind of have to sit down and be
0: like, what the fuck, Arissa? Is he talking? I know. This might be the episode where people are like, what the fuck? Are they okay? Next episode. <laughs> but I'm like, it's okay, though. I mean, like, I-, I hope that there's someone else out there who's also experiencing, like, the same thing as us as and, like, is nodding their head along. And it's like, I fucking relate to you both. Yeah. I hope there is, like, someone yes. out there.
1: Right. Like, it's just to to feel like, you know to have them feel less alone and for us to feel less alone. But I, I just appreciate you, like just your authenticity with this Z because it's been, man, it's been a rough August slash September. So it's, um, it feels less alone and it feel I feel seen, Oh, but you, BT dubs. Okay. So this is again where my brain is going somewhere. Um, did you hear about that? Okay, it's a TikTok. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But like, it was a TikTok. But they they referenced. Um, I don't know if they referenced like a social psychologist, but they referenced somebody who talked about the sixth. It's a, you know how there's five love languages, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then so they talk about how there's the sixth love language, and you're like, oh, the book is the sixth love language, and um, they talk about just the feel like the feeling of being seen Mm. as a a sixth love language. So it's like you feel most loved when you feel seen. So, um, they gave examples, right? So you feel most loved when, for example, like you are, um, like your partner or something like it could be a partner or friend or whatever. Like, um, gets you this uh, this little token, right? It, it's not, you know, it doesn't have a lot of like, you know, money relevance to it. But like this little token that's like, oh my gosh, like I was, you know, backpacking and I saw this little token and I thought of you and I thought about when you experienced X, Y, and Z and you feel like loved in that way. Mm-hmm. You feel like, oh my God, it's like being seen, right? Um, or um, it's like when you are you know driving home and uh, or like when your spouse comes home with the car and then they fill the gas tank mm. like they're supposed to it. and it's beyond mm-hmm. access service right because this spans in beyond access service um verbal validation um
0: quality time quality That's time, time. Right? words like, of affirmation it, it, it,
1: right it spans across that cuz like the an example of like a words of affirmation with that with that um sixth uh what do you call it with that sixth um love language of being seen um is you know maybe saying something like so verbal right like when when you are venting and instead of giving advice you say things that make them feel seen you validate Mm -hmm. you know like kind of what you do what you do when we're what you just did when we were talking right it's this it's validation it's being seen and I was like oh dang that's my love language like 100% like I was I've always been like somebody who struggled with like am I quality of time am I acts of service like who am I and then when I heard that I was like oh yeah that's that's 100% me
0: Mm. Yeah, I I think validation is such a big thing and is such a hard thing for people to do. Yeah. Especially if it's not their primary love language. Because I I was just in a meeting actually today talking about like um just like younger clients, right, who might be you know having parents or just like relationships where their parents where they just don't feel seen. So they end up going to therapy where it's like if they work with like a therapist who might be like a couple years older or whatever, or someone who might reflect Mm -hmm. like the same age as like an older sibling or like as like the mom, like there's like this weird dynamic where, sorry, where like the client kind of feels like they find comfort in this therapist because of the validation that they get. Yeah. So it's like... we were talking about, like, how, you know, as therapists, we model, like, the type of validation and the healthy relationship that, like, our clients may want to, cre- you know, may want to create or, like, have in their life. So I-, I think that's something that is so needed because I think validation goes hand in hand with just being, like, feeling like you're safe and yeah. feeling like there's a there's a net of safety around you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: I just wonder too if that sixth love language of validation and being seen is something that a lot of folks whose narratives are not presented, right? Like some minority, like folks in minoritized communities, right, are um or just like if you've had a historical experience in your individual life where you're not seen, like it, it becomes so important because like, you know, you've you've been told either explicitly or through daily interactions that your experiences, your narratives are not seen, right? And so when someone does see it in their actions, in their words, like it just feels so meaningful. Like it just feels like, oh my God, you see me, you're hearing what I'm saying. Like you're really hearing what I'm saying and you're sitting here like wanting to hear what I'm saying. Um, cause I mean, I'm thinking about it too. Like, even if let's say someone is incapable of like validating, because let's say that's just something that they have just difficulty doing, right. Even the mere act of just like, I, I don't quite get it yet, but I, I want to be here and I want to, I want to really listen to you. You know, like, I don't know for me anyway, that just feels pretty good too. That I'm like, okay, like, thank you. Like, I appreciate you. Like at this moment, wanting to really see me, wanting to really hear me, wanting, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to recognize where I'm coming from. And so, um, but yeah, validation is hard. It's so hard because um, it also requires like really being with, just really being with the person in that yeah. space, at that yeah. moment. And when you're tired, and when you're exhausted, and when you you feel like oh, and we bring it back to transitions, right? When you're feeling like you're you're kind of like not present because you're kind of in this limbo of like transitions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, or transition space. Like it just it's so hard. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just so hard to like truly be there. Right, um, and it's also hard for some people too to practice validation too because I think processing complex feelings like that, not a lot of people are comfortable. With sitting in the uncomfortable, right? So it's like yeah. validation. I think it's like one of those things where it's like, oh shit, like what's gonna happen? Let me throw in like a piece of advice real quick so that like this person, like, so that like the, you know, this uncomfortable feeling just like passes real quick. And I think yeah. like a lot of people deal with it that way. So I, I think it takes like a special, a special, oh, should I say a special being? Not really. It, it, it's a, I, there's a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to happen, you know, like when you receive validation or there needs to be like a lot of, it's not sympathy at that point, but like just a lot of empathy and just like care, which is mm-hmm. also fucking exhausting because that's energy exchange at the end of the day.
1: It is. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, oh man, I think about this and how in in a space where we've not had a lot of opportunities to heal, like how harder and harder it's been to try to validate the experiences of people. And I want to, and I'm, I know, right. Like I think about this, like I know conceptually, right. How to validate we have training, we have the professional training to validate, but also just kind of had had that experience and, I recognize the more exhausted and and the more – the less grounded I am, the harder it is to – like, the harder it is to kind of, like, be there with somebody to help kind of um, synthesize yeah. in a way that's, like, humanistic, right? Like, because you're not just synthesizing ideas. There's, like, a human soul piece um, when you're really validating someone. I know I'm like I'm getting very like mystical about this but you know like there's um Okay so I don't know if I'm getting way too mystical but like sometimes like I don't know if you've ever been in a space where you're really really engaging with somebody right and like the attention is on them and their attention is on you and you're really like um Yeah, you're really in this space together and there's almost this like physical energy that's just kind of like transfusing back and forth between Mm -hmm. you and the person, right? Mm -hmm. That like you can say something and then like the other person just gets what you mean in its essence, Mm -hmm. that those words that are being communicated at that moment are like the exact accurate words and it's beyond the words, right? But it's just exact enough that like you get what they're saying. And then you go and ah, oh, you know. Anyway, I miss that <laughs> because I just feel like I've not had a chance to really be there for people in that way. And then similarly, people are exhausted too to be there in that way and in, in, in that space with me. I don't know. Did it all make sense? It all
0: made sense. And and I was thinking too, like. You know, validation and empathy is hard to give to other people when we also don't get that ourselves. And, Mm -hmm. like, to think about, like, when you are running – I hate saying this because it seems so therapist-like. Like, like when you're running with a, like, glass half empty, to be able to give this empathy to the people around you or to Mm -hmm. see the empathy in, like, you know, the different relationships around you makes it like 10 times harder to Mm -hmm. do right Mm -hmm. because you're just exhausted so yeah i i I feel all of this and i i think like that has been also kind of like my august to an extent where it's like it's been a lot of like like turbulence you know um because i think my our our glasses have not been filled
1: yes yes so in
0: summary of our introduction. (laughs) 47 minutes later.
1: (laughs) I don't know if we're cutting any of the intro, but just if we do, just so you know, we've been talking about this for 47 minutes. Um, But like, uh, what do you call it? August feels like a never-ending transition, right? Like where we're not grounded. And I think that's what it is. It's like, it's this never-ending transition of just like, You're just constantly moving that you just want to take Mm -hmm. a moment to pause Mm -hmm. and like process things and just kind of be, but you haven't had a chance Mm -hmm. to be, I haven't had a chance to be. And so that's what we're going to do today is just kind of process transitions. You see how I transition to a transition (laughs) question?
0: 47 minutes later. (laughs) 47 minutes later.
1: Yeah. We should have like a, what do you call, not content warning, but more of just kind of like, this is like, some just kind of lots of, like, philosophical, like, really just, like, in the moment processing that, I don't know, like, I just think about, you know, some of our listeners, like, mentioned, like, oh, my gosh, I love listening to this and laughing along with them while, you know, doing something. It's just kind of, like, you know, something that you can do while you're driving, and you can still, you know, have a conversation, but this is one where I'm just, like, oh, my God, is this the um, moby dick of books <laughs> of podcasts where you're just like fuck i have to read that paragraph again <laughs> <laughs> i gotta rewind what the fuck is Risa saying what does this all mean and then you rewind it and then you keep rewinding it and you're like fuck this episode when is that episode where they talk about the aswang so anyway right,
0: right. well if you, if you if you <laughs> like this episode then stick around if you don't all well, you know, it's like that's fine. I don't really care. But for <laughs> some people, like I, I honestly don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm like at that point too, where like being a mom now and like trying to like you know see all the different things that like happen around me. I, I've like got into like so many places or I've been in so many spots this whole fucking month where I've just been like, well, you just fucking do you, boo. And I'm like, okay, I, you do you, I do me. Just, you know, that's it. You know, like I don't fucking care yes. at this point. Yes. But um, but who knows? There might be someone out there who might also yeah. have the tissues out, you know, and like relating and crying as they're dealing with life shit as well. So and then,
1: you know, there's that like metaphorical energy we were talking about, where it's just like what we're saying is just like it's hitting me the right way. And yeah. you know what? If it's one person, this was worth it. Yeah, this was worth it. This so. might be
0: someone's unicorn episode.
1: Yeah, it might be. Could
0: mm-hmm.
1: be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so oh my god, should we still do the icebreakers with the word? Or- I think so, just real quick. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. I want to do. It. I, okay, I want just- to know
0: a little bit I more about vague- what's going on with you. I love
1: vague booking. Okay, so oh my god, do people still use vague booking?
0: I oh. haven't heard of it. Like you, you're the first one to say like vague booking in like years, right? God. I no, I've never heard of the term. Like you're the first person ever to tell <laughs> what me what of vague level booking is. Thank you. Okay. Well, <laughs> well one who is not engaged, apparently.
1: <laughs> okay. So on Facebook, which i am not yet but anyway, so on Facebook, they have a thing where um what do you call it? Like someone will write something super vague on their status, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then it's called vague booking. Mm-hmm. So so, I'm just kind of bringing that back. I don't know
0: if. <laughs> okay. I, I feel that. I've played this okay, game. Did you get it yes, okay, I've played it. this. And yeah, there have been times where it's like shit pops up on my timeline. And I'm like, 12 years ago, I said that. I'm like, what the fuck was I talking I know, about?
1: Me too, man. Me too. I was like, oh. I was
0: what like, what, what was I, I giddy right? about? Like, for what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's this one word mean? Which that is what our icebreaker is about. So, we're going to play a game in which we'll vaguely communicate with one word about some of the transitions that are happening or that we're experiencing this fall. And so we're just going to like say the word and we're going to take turns and basically vague book the ish out of each other. Does that make sense? hmm Sweet. All right. Let me think about it.
0: okay I have one I think I'm gonna sorry if it's not pronounced its way Oedipus Oedipus complex Oedipus <laughs> Oedipus Oedipus Oedipus
1: Oedipus Oedipus Oedipus
0: <laughs>
1: <Oedipus>. <laughs>
0: and now i'm like now i'm all like conscious now because i'm like wait let me let me google to make sure this is like the, the exact term that like i i wanted to throw out there yeah so so that would be my my term oedipus oedipus complex, complex. Well, that's a good one
1: Collective trauma.
0: The Crown. Oh, dang. Negative Achilles' heel. Oh, dang. Mine are all like fucking like mythic, mythic. and like <laughs> magical. I'm like, if only I mean, like I could describe, yeah. <laughs> like, If only I could describe shit like that in everyday life. I'd be like, guess what? My life's a shit show. I've been going through this crown. And, like, <laughs> it's a Greek
1: tragedy, right? Like Greek tragedies is what they call. Oh man, <laughs> I feel like suffocation. Dude, I already forgot my words for a second. I was like, man, mine sound like murder mysteries.
0: Suffocation, collective trauma. What was the other one that you said? There was one more. My short-term memory is so bad. I swear to so. Negative. Negative. Benjamin Button.
1: Oh, side note. Um, interesting that you brought up Benjamin Button because you know I thought that we were doing the superstition episode this month because I thought mm-hmm. we were in October. Like a dumbass, I am. Um, I was re-listening to our um the <coughs> excuse me the previous superstition episode just so nice. I could be like, okay, I don't want to replicate things, and then like. Man, there were some funny things there, but like the Benjamin Button thing, like came with, up. With when we talked about <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I guess we're gonna talk about Benjamin Button like twice in or in like a year, but yeah. Anyway, that was just funny. I'm like, oh, that's the second time like in this day that I heard Benjamin Button, which is like, what, what. Everything's starting in bush now. Dang it. Okay. I can't come up with anything. Yeah, else.
0: transitional stuff. Yeah. I I think that's that. I think those four words I think are good for me. Yeah.
1: Dang. Okay. So your four four words sound very epic. Like, I mean not like epic, like, oh, that's epic. I meant like huge, like epic. Mm-hmm. Crown, Oedipus complex.
0: Achilles heel.
1: Achilles heel. And there was another Greek thing.
0: What was the last thing that I just said. Oh, my God. Was it, it wasn't Greek. Benjamin Button.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: then Benjamin Button. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mine was like suffocation, negative, collective trauma. Did I give a fourth one? I don't know if you did. Dude, I've, my short-term memory is so bad now. <laughs> it's gone. Um. All right. Well, this is good because that's the vibe that's the vibe we're giving as we answer some of the questions about just kind of like thinking about transitions um in a like very meta sense, right? So um when Z and I were chatting about what this episode would entail, we were just like, okay, what do we want to talk about? Um, and you know, Z really wanted to explore um the concept of transition. We're like, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. And, you know, she started giving some ideas about like what. What um topics we could talk about. And, you know, as we're processing it, I was like, okay, no, that sounds good. Okay, I'm gonna process some questions that we can collaborate on together. I was like, oh dang, like every aspect of like parenthood, right? And even as we're getting older is about transition. So how do we make it so that we can squeeze it into like an hour and a half to two hours of an episode? So um We thought that one of the ways that we can do that is just kind of doing like a lot of meta processing. So really processing about the concept of what transitions look like and how we deal with all sense of transitions, right? Whether it's transitions from like constantly being in transition and not being in one place that we just, you know, like we talked about how August is transition is basically transition time um, where you've just not had a sense of stability for something transitions in like the the expected transitions that we experience, like aging, right? Um, and all of the rituals that come with that. Um, and the unexpected transitions when something happens that we just have to like change. And so we really just wanted to process there's so much um, about transitions, but just transitions to its essence. So um, we'll be going back and forth talking about what transitions look like and how we deal with it. Uh, so it's just kind of to give the umbrella or just the lens of what we'll be operating in. All right. So um, you know the drill. When we do this, we ask each other back and forth. We answer the questions and reflect together on what these um, topics are about. I'll start ZZ. Um, you ready? Yep. Oh. so in, in, kind of continuous to like what we talked about in the icebreaker. Um, Were there any recent transitions happening in your life where you felt alone in dealing with it?
0: Yeah, like almost all of them. I kind of feel like I've been kind of alone. (laughs) Um, I think I realized this when we were in our second week of dealing with COVID. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to text you so bad, Rissa, because I had like this like this like light bulb come into my head of aha, this is like very dirty nine a content. Because as you can imagine, right? We're a household of four. And my spouse gets sick first. And then it's Mm -hmm. my youngest, and then my oldest, and then me. Mm -hmm. But spouse is now like out of COVID jail, you know, ends up going back to work. And then it ended up like being me having to take care of the kids. And even if I was okay enough to work, it was the expectation of Z is the one that needs to stay home and take yeah. care of the kids, mm-hmm. which was a very, like, I, I had this conversation with my spouse of like, I'm so fucking it's exhausted that the fact that you go back and the fact that I have to stay Mm -hmm. makes me realize that the gender inequality Mm -hmm. of things of how to handle things is just like blasting in front of me right now of like what are the sacrifices that moms in particular even though I know that like you know parenting is like it goes across the board like parenting for me it's like it's regardless of like your gender right but it's like moms in particular, Mm -hmm. have to bend backwards so many times Mm -hmm. to figure shit out.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And I think that that was like a moment where like it really hit me, where it it made me like kind of like spiral down into this like thought process of, well, this was the first time that it happened. And then like there was like a second moment where – like I'll also mention it too, where like it caused me to kind of think like things a certain way, but this was like the first time where I've thought, am I like what I'm doing as a working parent is that selfish?
1: Do I need to take mm-hmm. a
0: step back at this point because I'm a mom, and I'm like I'm like, I hate that i you know, I hate that it comes yeah. with the territory, but it's so fucking like real to have to think about it. So it's like when I think about all these times when like, okay, how do you deal with things alone? I think that's like one, one of them that I can pretty much like think about.
1: My gosh. I think you just, oh my gosh. When you like talk about like my unicorn episode (laughs) where like what you said, just like totally resonated um, with, with, you know, kind of, the experiences, excuse me, of this like disproportionate workload, um, emotional labor um, that women have had to carry, even if we, and I know your partner, like my partner is the same way where like they really do try, you know, like in Mm -hmm. in their thing, they're like, yeah, no, it's of course we parent together. I don't babysit my kids, blah, 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 that kind of mentality, right? Like those Mm -hmm. are the spouses that we have. Um, And I think what makes, you can, you feel alone about this is that because the standard and the expectation is that women carry the load of parenting, that it can feel so alone when you're trying to like justify, like, well, no, I'm actually feeling, you know, I, I'm feeling like I'm still carrying the emotional labor and the yeah. mental load of all of this. And then, you know, and then like, and then you try to communicate it with other people. Right. And then you get the, but you're lucky because your partner is there with you. Like other people would just, you know, they, they, they give an example of like what men, cis hetero men typically do in these types of like heterosexual relationships. Um, that, that's very extreme. That shows like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like somebody who's just kind of like, yeah, I'm one of those people that babysits my kids, you know, right. instead of like parents. Like, so they give that example, and that those people exist, right? And there are a ton of people who are like that, um, and so then you feel even lonelier when you're like, I know they're better than a lot of the cis hetero men out there who are, you know, who aren't carrying this load, but they're still not carrying as much load as we yeah. are right now and it still sucks and I'm the one who's questioning my career goals and right. my like the things that make me feel like I have agency and, and, and it makes me feel empowered right? and like so I can see how that can feel even more lonely
0: yeah and and it's hard too because another thing that I do and I think it's a survival mechanism is that I always, I kind of, like, think, to like, things could be a 100% worse, you know, or they could be 10 times worse. Uh, and, like, yeah. I, I use that, like, as, like, a way to, like, validate, like, in a bigger picture, yeah. you know, like, this is kind of, it's so minute in comparison to, like, what other people go through, like, and, you know, other parts of the world where, like, maybe they experience poverty or maybe they experience like unequal, like gender rights. Right. Right. So I I remember talking to a colleague about this and I remember at that time, like I just like bawled because I was just so like overwhelmed. And my colleague was like, but hard is hard at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And it's like I think that's something that you can come up with all the excuses to guard yourself. But at the end of the day, someone's heart is also like, no there's like you know legit reason for them to like think it's hard and like any definition of hard should be like acceptable right yeah so so that's what i'm like trying to slowly kind of train myself to do to be like you know what z like hard is hard at the end of the day I love like you don't that. have to compare <laughs> like, I that. yourself i
1: love that because like i I do the same justification, and I think a lot of that is like a reflection of like how my mom has justified things, right? Like, like her advice from earlier in the story that I had, right? Like, hey, Elise, he's not a chick boy. <laughs> I was like,
0: I'm like, is I know mom- that's great. I just-
1: <laughs> she call him chick boy. Why chick it's boy? It's a playboy. Wait, I know. It's not like a Filipino term. It's not, not a Filipino term. Well, I've heard
0: of it before, but it's so funny that like she describes your spouse like as a chick boy.
1: Yeah. She's like, he's not that. So you're lucky. And I'm like, oh man, that's what that is. Like and I and I see that like my mom's way of like processing things, right? Is something that I've I've inherited that I'm like trying to undo. Because you're right, like hard is hard. And I mm-hmm. you know, like if, if one of my friends were to communicate the same story that I just shared with you, right? Like I would be like, oh my God, that still sucks though, dude. And like, it's gonna, and it sucks even harder because you have society telling you to just suck it up because there are worse things. Mm -hmm. There are worse men out there, right? You're, you know what I mean? And so that that makes it even more lonely because you just feel like, well, then is it me? (laughs) Like, if I have it okay, you start questioning like, is it my fault? Am I just not resilient enough Mm -hmm. to like, you know to to deal with the mental and the emotional weight <laughs> of carrying more of the parenthood role, and it's such a hard thing to communicate right, like even with spouses that are really on it that are really trying to like be a partner and not just you know kind of a helper mm-hmm. um when Again, the expectation is that women carry more load. So when you say things like, I don't feel like I'm getting the support that I need, right? And they're like, well, I'm, you know, like in their brains. And you know, and it makes sense because in their brains we're like, well, I'm doing more than what the standard is. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but like the standard sucks. <laughs> so yeah. I need help. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um it's hard. It's yeah. it's a
0: hard Because it's like a lot of the mental load, too, is like such unnecessarily like not really. Yeah, it's unnecessary, like information that you don't need to know, like prior to not having kids. And then like when you do have kids, it's like you have to like note like these things. Right. So it's like you're trying to like remember the schedule of like the people that you care for.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's like, okay on top of my shit, I still got to know your shit like can someone else know your shit so like don't have to ask me all the fucking time like when the doctor appointments are what you're gonna cook yeah. today or whatever i'm oh like I'm, I'm like so over it but, yes. like yeah like can there just be like a google calendar that like fucking just syncs with my brain and syncs with <sighs> your brain like, can someone invent that please <laughs> yes
1: oh side note there is an app or a program because i i asked like some mom friends anonymously in a mom group that I'm in about like just kind of like the like the amount of things I'm carrying and the thing is like I'm also like recognizing my um my limit and that's so sad to like see it i think that's like like for somebody who's kind of like okay like the limit is usually kind of like a temporary um limit that i have And I'm just kind of like, cool, I can, you know, I'll just rejuvenate myself and then I'm fine, you know? But like, um, how do I process this? Oh my God. Come on brain. Uh, that's another thing. So like my brain just like pauses in between sentences and it just like a thought just goes away. Like that's where my brain is right now. Like that's how tired I am. Um, fuck, what what were you talking about?
0: (laughs) You were talking about like limits.
1: Oh, right. So limits, um,
0: Limits. and you were talking that um that you've hit your capacity or you've hit your limit oh, or something like that yeah
1: okay so i've i feel like and we're like thank goodness we're getting help but before we got some help like there came a point where i was like just dropping everything and actually the moment that i was just like oh fuck i need help um with the mental labor, right? Cause like my brain is just going a mile like a million times a mile a minute. Oh God, I butchered that thing. A, but, um, a, <laughs> a million miles a
0: minute.
1: A million of miles a minute. Um oh my God. I feel awful even saying this out loud. So I thought I had put my child's seatbelt on and I forgot to like
0: do the harness, like the the top the one. Harness.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh my God. God. And like, thank goodness we were just going from like our house to the daycare, which is like a five minute drive. But even so five minutes, that's enough time that something were to happen. Right. And I just remembered when I recognized that I missed that, I just started bawling. Aww. I was like bawling outside of the daycare as I'm like unbuckling her. And I was like, how did I do this? I miss this. And this is my child's safety, you know, like, and I'm somebody who's like pretty meticulous about stuff. Yeah. I'm like, bam, 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 plan, plan, plan. But like, that's how exhausted I am. Like I've reached my limit. So in one, in actually not even just like one week. So in like a few days, so that happened. And then found out that a $16 medical bill, $16.16 $16 medical bill went into collections just because we've not been opening the mail. I'm mm-hmm. like completely like forgot about that. Um missed two appointments and this is again within a span of a few days <laughs> missed two appointments um what was it there was something else uh I don't even remember but like it was just kind of like one thing that I failed yeah, after I another that. and like I've just felt so alone like and I know I have a partner but again I just you know and then, again he's doing what he can but I'm just kind of like damn and like that moment that I, where I was outside of my child's daycare, like crying as I'm like unbuckling her to get to you know, daycare. Like that was probably one of the loneliest feelings I've ever mm-hmm. felt. Um then like my car was there. Oh yeah, and I was late to daycare, so it's like <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my god. Um oh my god, I brought the story up because I brought this up to my mom group. <laughs> this is where my friend is, yeah. My mom group. And then somebody brought up a an app called Johanna.
0: I don't know if you've heard of it. That sounds like someone from the Bible. Johanna. Oh, yeah. Jonah? Are you thinking about Jonah? Hosanna, maybe. Hosanna in the highest. Johanna in the highest. Johanna in the highest.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm going to note this. We'll load it. Because – but then it's spendy. But, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe it might work. But, like, it's basically, like, your own personal assistant – it's like a parent's personal assistant, and they schedule everything. They make sure that you have all you the things that you need to. do. They learn your habits, like to the point that like, hey, I recognize that you typically get your haircut during this time. Let's get that schedule. and then they schedule it for you, and it just pops in. Wait, yeah. so
0: it's like a like a bot that basically schedules that so for you. It's a real person. That's what, what makes it kind
1: of yeah, it's a real person, a dedicated personal assistant that you you connect with online so like if you're like oh fuck like my babysitter just canceled i need a new babysitter so you just text them and then they they find all these resources for you oh, oh i know and then you're like fuck my lights aren't working, you know? And they just, like, they do all the, you know, they'll, they'll order groceries for you. They'll they'll do things. Oh they'll learn your groceries so that they know, like, oh, every Sunday they buy the same type of milk. They say, da, 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 And then they, they just, like, oh. do it for you. So it takes out this mental load. And then I was like, dang, I want to do that job. But, like, like, but that's all I want. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, yeah. it's just weird being the kind of person I need right now. <laughs> it's yeah. just, like, a personal assistant. But yeah. then like I was like, I wonder if I can do this as a job instead of my current job. <laughs> Even though I like my job. I like my job now. But at the time I was like, maybe this, but
0: Yeah. Oh well, okay. I know that I've answered the question. So I might turn it well. Oh, I kinda I answered it. You did it kinda answer it. Okay. I did, like, yeah. Right. With the
1: whole baby, baby yeah. thing. Whole sucky- oh man. Like retelling that story like gives me tummy pains like tummy pains of guilt? Yep, that's guilt. And shame a little bit because like right, that's like my kid's safety. And I'm like fuck that up because I'm so tired.
0: I'm I'm here. I'm listening to you and I I see I see you and yeah. I I've been in that boat where well my spouse has been in that boat because while he was driving on the freeway my little one was like, Hey dad, we <laughs> just ended up in the front. <laughs> and we were like, fuck. fuck. I, I wasn't in the car, but the kid oh just God. ended up in the front. And you're <gasps> we like, oh shit, like you you did not get buckled in. Yeah. <gasps> you know what I started doing? Like, because I've just been freaked out since? Cause then I
1: start thinking about like, you know, the parents who've like accidentally left their kids in the car. Like mm-hmm and stuff. So every time I drive now, like in the middle, you know, just like every time, it's just kind of automatic for me to like shove my hand like behind the car seat to make sure that she wasn't there or just like
0: jeez oh,
1: You know what I mean? Or like just kind of like do multiple checks because I just I'm like I this is the scariest part. You start losing trust in yourself. Mm. You know, as a person, as a parent, you're just like, "Oh my god, because I forgot to buckle my kids." you know, like seat belts. Like I started being like super, super paranoid about like my own parenting. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's how exhausted I was. I was just like, ah, I mean, it's better now. It's definitely better now. We got, you know, we do have the privilege of like, um, you know, being able to fund just getting another person. But so we do have like another person coming in, in addition to daycare to kind of help out here and there. Um, Just cause it's, Yeah, I just I need space to breathe and just be able to make sure that like, you know, like my kids safe, my kids happy.
0: Yeah. Can I add something real quick too to that? Sorry, something that's also like personal to me because I'm looking at this question and like thinking about how things are right now and like how I feel like so alone. Mm -hmm. So after we got COVID. Um, my in-laws actually were like traveling and then my father-in-law ended up getting COVID while traveling. And then I know I texted this to you at one point where I was like, my father-in-law ended up in the hospital.
1: Yeah. So he was
0: in the hospital. And, um, if you, I don't know if I've mentioned this in this podcast, but half of the time my kids would be watched by my parents Mm -hmm. and then the other half would be my in-laws Right. So from there, just like having that like kind of like happen made us realize like, okay, we have to like pull out like the kids from like my in-laws mm-hmm. because to have like one of my, you know, like my my father-in-law sick and then like my mother-in-law like have to watch him, it makes it a little difficult. Mm-hmm. So as you pulled like that kid out or like both the kids out from there, obviously it's like navigating with you know, feelings of... And I hate saying this, too, because, like, my family-in-law, it's, like, they're not that bad. You know, they're, like, pretty understanding. But juggling other people's families and their fucking problems is so fucking exhausting, too. Yeah. So that's what I was kind of, like, dealing with, like, you know, just trying to juggle their own, like, fucking problems as well. Yeah. And then everybody's fucking feelings of, like, well, yeah, you should be leaving the kids over there because, like, you know, my, like... My mom is able to watch them. She's crying now because she cannot see the kids. And then like another person in the family, like my other sister-in-law is like, no, shouldn't be watching the kids. So as you're juggling all of that, here's my spouse who I'm like, okay, this is your mom at the end of the (gasps) day, right? Like how how do I even like navigate all of that? And then also think about the safety of my kids. Right. So right now they're not at my in-laws. They're at another daycare. So they have a daycare. Plus, like, my parents had another, like, preschool thing that, like, they go to. However, my kid is struggling with all the changes.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: He's just, like, oh, my God. The oldest one is, like, just a mess. Just, like, Mm -hmm. every single time that we drop him into the new daycare, just a mess. And then it's, like, when my my parents are going to go on vacation next week, when Mm -hmm. that happens – it's like I don't want to switch the schedule around of like what the current schedule is. Yeah. Just to not add like further stress to the kid. Yeah. So More now cheese. it's Yeah, so now it's like trying to figure out how to pick up the kid from preschool during the middle of the day to drop them off at my in-laws mm-hmm. while I'm like working. But oh it's like I have to do that like every day. Because, like, right yeah. right now, it's, like, my my kid also, like, does not do well in transitioning over to, like, preschool because, mm-hmm. um like, I love my spouse, but I think my kid is, like, one of those, his personality, I think, is that he needs a lot of reassurance. He needs, like, the, he needs the,
1: oh, yeah, kid. he needs, like, oh. the
0: additional honey. He needs the additional, yeah. you know, fluff and all that. Uh Uh Like the hugs, you know.
1: He's so affectionate.
0: (laughs) He's so affectionate.
1: He's so sweet.
0: He's very, very affectionate. He's affectionate and like so funny. But I think that it's like when you don't get that and you're navigating unfamiliar territory, you need that. right? So it's like when I have to comfort somebody and I can't like and I don't feel comforted myself, it's hard to hold that face. Right. It's hard to like hold this okay, Yes. Z, get your shit together because your kid needs you.
1: Yes. So it's
0: like you have to like put your foot forward even though you're fucking exhausted. So that's where I feel like I'm kind of like feeling alone too because this kid craves my energy right now. Just craves like the, oh the like, I want you, mom. I need you, mom. And I'm like, I'm so tired. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I just started thinking about kind of like your – like half glass full, like metaphor from earlier, right? Like how do you pour from like a empty cup? Wow, I totally mixed two different idioms: <laughs> half glass full and then empty cup. Um, but um, you know, and it's like, but you have to, like you you have to pour it for your kid, right? Because a kid is is gonna have the hardest time to understand. Like, well, you see. <laughs> yeah um like yeah so anyway it just so it feels yeah i can see how like and then like you know your spouse or nobody else not not just your spouse but nobody else can kind of give your kid the way what your kid wants right Right. and that makes it even
0: harder it's just like
1: oh my god you want this yeah right
0: yeah all while navigating feelings that aren't even yours
1: Yes. And complicated yeah. feelings that yeah. are not processed either because the kid, the kiddo hasn't had, doesn't, hasn't had a chance to like really process it also. Right. He doesn't have the developmental capability yet yeah. of being able to like really process all these like nuanced feelings of like changes and transitions and how shaky that can be. And, you know, and then when people don't have the, the ability to process things, it comes out in really like not so fun ways
0: yeah multiple times already this whole month i've been wanting to just like climb back into like some type of hole or some type of bed where i'm like yes can i just pull the covers over and then like magically have everything just solved by the time i get out yeah but anywho (sighs) Next question. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Question two. Only. Yeah. Only back. So, how has dealing with transitions changed for you from before you were a mom and after you've become a mom?
1: I think. I mean. So. I mean. Not a surprise. It's gotten harder to deal with transitions and changes, and a lot of it feels like because we've had. And you've nailed it right on the head when you were mentioning this. Like when changes happen, it can shake things up, right? But it doesn't just impact you as a person. It impacts your kids. It impacts like the whole unit. So it impacts people individually and it impacts the whole unit. And so like having to navigate in like supporting, you know, supporting their emotional regulation with dealing with changes is like really, really hard <laughs> sometimes, you know? Um, and so I can see why people kind of really want like like structure and stability. Um like I and I remembered when I was like before I was a mom, I was like, ah, I never want to be the boring person that like lives in the suburbs and goes shopping on Sundays and, you know, like has a schedule. Like, that's not me. Yellow. I'm cool. And then <laughs> And I was like, oh, you dumb fuck. Because once (laughs) you become a mom, it's like you crave that structure so much because you want to try to minimize anybody's or like people's like reactions to changes. Mm -hmm. Because it can be like, it can be, oh my gosh, like toddlers, right? Like toddlers are so sensitive to changes sometimes um, that like... Changing the nap schedule by like an hour can make my child a raging bitch. So <laughs> I'm just like go to fuck to sleep. Um, so like, and that change and the thing is, when she has a really hard time taking a nap, for example, you know, our whole schedule gets shifted to an hour or whatever. Um, like. And it's not all the time, but it could be, right? Like, and it's so unpredictable what, like, how she's going to deal with it. Because there are times where I'm like, man, you're still a pleasant person without getting a nap. Okay, this is a lucky break, you know? But then sometimes, you know, you're just like, ah, you're you just, you know, all over the place. Um, But it impacts, right, your whole schedule. So, like, when they don't get to sleep on time, that impacts the afternoon. It impacts the sleeping. Uh, what do you call it? The sleeping rituals. I can't think of words right now, but... um. Yeah, so I see why moms or parents crave a sense of structure that I used to call them nerds about. So I apologize. Past me apologizes
0: to all the moms. We empathize with you. We empathize. How about you? When I think about transitions of like prior to being a mom – I think of, like, successful transitions of, like, this is what I want to do, and I will do X, Y, Z steps to get there, and everything will be fine and dandy, and everything is pretty darn predictable. However, when you have a kid, and I don't know, I I know that you had mentioned at one point that you were trying, but... When you have a kid, right, like your first kid, like you could do everything to set things like a certain way, but then it's recognizing that all kids are different, right? So it's like when you have like a routine set for one kid, out comes with <gasps> another one. Yeah. And you're like, well, fuck that expectation of transitioning them <laughs> to this successful way of doing things. Oh my God. Get used to the idea of like. It's not really lowering. Well, I guess, yeah, if you want to phrase it this way, maybe it's lowering your expectation of the execution of that transition. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it's also like recognizing that transitions look all different, you know, all different sorts of ways. Yeah. So I think like I've learned that like after having kids where it's like, well, if you don't want to eat your snack, then don't fucking eat it. You know, you don't want to eat this. Well, hey, well, don't eat it. You know, you'll eat when you're hungry. It's not like I'm going to force feed you to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, prior to having the kids, you could, like, say, like, I can, like, force feed myself to do this because I want to do it. But, like, when you don't have the control Mm -hmm. of, you know, people (laughs) or if you don't have the control, you know, like, that's, like, something that you... Like, solely hold, then it makes things a little bit more complicated. But I think that's also like the beauty, right? Of because I'm trying to find the dialectic here. That's the pain of it, the growing pain. But that's also the beauty, I think, of like knowing how to adjust to shit like that. Because then it also gives you this bigger perspective of like, if shit doesn't like go a certain way, then fuck it, you know, like you do it another way. So I, I think that's kind of, like, where, where my, my skill in, like, learning how to be flexible has been really challenged after, like, being a mom. And with two kids, it's like, okay, it's it's been challenged a whole lot more.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you a question about, like, yeah. having two kids? Because, yeah, we were still trying. So, <laughs> I forgot, update, still not pregnant. Yeah, normalizing infertility. <laughs> so... There we go um can talk about that in a different episode since right now it's about transitions
0: um what was I saying what was you you had a question about two kids oh yes
1: yes about being two kids um do you feel like the tra- like the transition from being a mom to one kid versus um transition from being from you know, being a mom of one kid to two kids, like what's been harder for you?
0: Oh my god, there, there's like oh no. a lot. Sorry, I don't want to scare you. <laughs> oh no. Um, but I'll tell you the benefit of it. Yeah. Your brain gets split now. <laughs> to um cater the emotional needs of your kids? Like here's one emotional need of one one kid. Maybe they deal with things a certain way here's another emotional need of like another kid maybe they deal another way however the um the emotion or like the love and care or the love that the kids show to you Mm -hmm. is like doubles because now there's two of them so that's like also cute I think so I think think there's like more affection I think with them um and it's like when you spend time with one kid, it makes that time, like, more special.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, like, sweeter, because it's like, oh, it's, like, mommy and, you know, so-and-so's time, and then the next time is like, mommy and, you know, your younger brother's time or younger sibling's time. Um, So I think, like, the transition itself, okay, I'm not going to lie. At first, I felt like a crisis worker, where it's, like, you have to kind of like prioritize like what's important. Yeah. But then yeah. that was also a skill that I learned that that's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. because then you get to this world where it's like, well, if it's not worth crying over spilled melt, then don't fucking cry about it. You know, there's like mm-hmm. bigger fish to fry mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So I think that's like one lesson that I've learned, like having two kids where it's like you just have to pick your battles and you just have to kind of like, you know, do the things that are important first. And then like whatever you, you know, is not important, just let it slide and let it and be okay with letting it slide. Right. I
1: feel like as you're describing this and then, you, you, you know, just tell me if this is something that you see too, like as you're describing what it's like to raised two kids. It's like this constant state of being in transition, right? Cause like I, I I just I like I like the way that you described like how the expectation of a transition is that there's an endpoint to it. There's a successful endpoint, right? So you're going through these changes, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving, and then there's eventually gonna be a stop, you know, of whatever that is. And it feels like with two kids, you're in constant mode of transition, right? You're going to be with one kid, kid one, right? And you're like transition, transition, transition from one state of feeling to another state of feeling or one state of activity to another state of activity, right? Um, But then that doesn't mean like the other kid is like waiting, right? And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to wait, you know, just I'm going to wait until kid one fulfills their need, right? Like they're also, they, they might be dysregulated too. And then you need to provide them that support. And it's like kind of splitting yourself into two handling, like two p- potentially varying experiences, right? Two potentially varying crisis, crises, right? And so like Have you had an opportunity to just kind of just, I don't know, like not be in transition when you have two kids? Like, are there, well, let me rephrase that question. Um, On a regular basis, do you have an opportunity where you're not in constant transition?
0: I think it's usually the times when I allow myself to actually have fun with the kids.
1: Mm. oh interesting yeah yeah is when
0: I realized that I don't need to be in transition mode I don't need to shuffle them back and forth like Mm. if I like one of my favorite things to do with the kids Mm. is um when I read with them at night yes because both of them like to be on my lap (laughs) like dude I'm like (laughs) y'all are so huge so I'm like okay I'm like why don't we go into bed and then like as we're in the bed I have one arm around one kid and the other arm around the other kid, and then I have the book like in front of us. So I think it's like when I I allow myself to not stress and actually enjoy oh. the things for what it is, then I feel like I'm I don't need to force myself to think like about like what I need to do next. I love that.
1: That's an amazing frame. Yeah, because that like that in itself, right? Like could then. Like, I mean, we're getting philosophical, right? We're getting meta about like transition and like feeling untethered, but like, is that really just it's it's a, is it could could we say that it's like a state of mind, right? Like it it's it's not that you're actively doing things. That's not what the transition, like the difficulty of transition is about. It's like because it's happening all the time, right? Like transition is happening all the time. It's the state that we're in. Internally, where we're kind of discombobulated, where we're, we're focusing on other things besides that moment of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when you're just kind of in the moment, when you're embracing the chaos and you're embracing like just like this transition period, that becomes like you being pre- being present, like mm-hmm. that. That could, like could we say then that it's possible to have a sense of grounding? even in the midst of chaos.
0: Yeah, I, I would say so. I would say so. I'm not good. I'm not great at it right now, obviously in this whole month, but I, I would say so. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example of just like a couple hours ago. So I got done with work at like about five. Um, no, that's a lie. I like had like, my PT appointment and then I picked up the kids from preschool and then they came home and then worked a little bit more. So I was done at like about like five. But I was already feeling like so overwhelmed because in like the last like half of the day or like the, yeah, the last half of the day, I just felt like I did like five hundred things in like two hours. And a lot of them was like dealing with like just shit that I needed to deal with. Mm-hmm. But, um, my spouse was like, Hey, why don't I take care of the kids like when I get home and you can just like do your own thing. And I thought, like, you know what? Like, I've devoted so much time to like work, which is like eight hours in a day, you know. Mm -hmm. I've devoted so much time to work. I've devoted so much time to like creative projects. Like legit, like what I want to do is just like sit with my family in the living room and just watch them yeah and just like actually like have like fun and it was like even though it was like weird to say that I was like maybe another like part of not being busy is being able to shut your brain off of like work stuff Mm -hmm. to just enjoy kind of like family stuff right
1: yeah and
0: I, I haven't done that in a while so I just like legit like sat in the living room and I and I know I saw your text where it was like quick call and I was like I'll be available at 7.30. Let <laughs> me just, like, sit for a second. So I was just, like, it was fun because I was watching one of the kids, like, jump off, like, a little, like, bucket thing. And and he thought it was, like, hilarious. And it made me think about, like, you know what? This kid. Oh, my youngest is turning two in two days.
1: Yes, it's Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so
0: I, I was, like, thinking – you know, it's amazing to just, I, I got into reflective mode. Like, it's amazing yeah. to think that this was, you know, two years ago. I was in the hospital trying to give birth to this yeah. kid. Thought he was going to come <sighs> earlier, but he didn't. But yeah, I, I think it's like trying to just like find that internal pause button.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To just enjoy the stuff, like despite the chaos. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I And I think that's that's what it is. It's like identifying what, like how we get to that space. And I think like the less, and it's such a cycle, right? Cause like the less stressed out we are, the more, the more grounded we are, the easier it is to, um, to kind of just embrace the chaos, to sit there in the midst of like mess and, and just the mess, right? Like, um, it, it's easier to kind of like, um, being, be present, be grounded in the midst of, um, chaos. Um, but like such a cycle, like it, that, you know, when you're, when you're untethered, when you're not growing, when you're not grounded, when you're untethered and shriveled, um, yeah. that it becomes harder to kind of sit in chaos and like accept it as it is and, and enjoy like the pieces of it. Oh, you know what? Like something that, that has helped me, and I, you know, I I, I kind of get like emotional about this is like like I I get to hear like I I I kind of tell myself, you know, for example, if my kid is like having a hard time and you know, she was getting her molar, so she was like having like lots of emotional moments. Um, but like I get to hear my kid cry. hmm You know, mm-hmm. like and and in saying I get to. I get to hear my, my kid cry. I get to hold her as she cries. I get to do these things. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I think about the times where, and I I hate to get grim, but like, you know, I think about the times where like, um, no people don't get to, Mm -hmm. you know, don't get to hear, don't get to be there to, to witness a cry, to, to be there, um, to hear them. And so, um, so that's helped a lot with just kind of reframing things. Like it was a like I still you know it doesn't mean that like I I don't feel the anxiety that I right. would. Like right. it's not like hey you shouldn't feel anxiety. Like it's not that. It was just kind of like both both you know truths can exist. Yeah. In which I can feel a sense of fortune to be there to be with my kid even if you know she's in a state of chaos.
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, and at the same time still honor that I'm feeling a sense of anxiety because. You know, there's so much going on, and I'm overstimulated. So, yeah, um, yeah, and that's helped out a lot. I get to like using that phrase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think maybe that's also like a reason why I think like with with dealing with like the strong emotions of like my my oldest one as he's transitioning to all these different daycares, I think the reason why I haven't like really like lost my shit yet is that, like, it's the reframing of, like, you know, he holds his shut together for all these different things, mm-hmm. but, like, him crying is also, like, a indicator that this is a safe place for him to do that.
1: Right.
0: Right. <gasps>
1: right. Oh, my gosh. Side note. Um, I saw this little, like, um, I don't know if I posted it on our day, Dirty Night Night um, stories, but there was one where... Um, Like they're like, oh, the best moms or the best parents are like you're doing a good job parent. Like basically it's this validating statement about like the kids who are like, you know, chill in public who are like, you know, kind of, you know, like are chill in public. And then when they come home and then they cry, that doesn't mean you're doing bad. If anything, that means that they feel safe to really emote the way they want to. And like, yeah, that's a really good refrain too in dealing with things like you know, when your kid is in a constant state of transition or Mm -hmm.
0: chaos or being untethered. But, yeah, it's been, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I really do like what you've said, though, about, like, things can coexist, right? And things can be, it's, like, finding that dialectic. Because I think, like, in therapy, when I do work with clients, I hear, like, a lot of clients, like, say, like, um you know, I have this, but I should be feeling this way. And I, like, constantly have to, like, remind, like, some of my clients that instead of, like, saying, like, you have this, but you should be feeling this way, like, what would happen if he changed that? Is it conjunction? I can't remember the the literary term of that, that like, yeah, connecting, a, a connecting word. The connecting word. Yeah. I said, what if he changed that to the word and? So you feel this and, like, this is like what's happening. Like, how how would that change? Kind of like your thoughts and your insights, yeah, and your feelings towards like how how you see this or how you view this.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: sometimes it's like I I have to remind myself too, you know, like okay, you, two things can definitely coexist.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my god, we're question three. <laughs> So what surprised you about yourself with how you've dealt with unexpected transitions versus expected transitions?
0: I think I kind of answered this one in like the previous question Uh. about like I've learned it's very interesting because I also kind of pride myself before Like, before, I would pride myself on just being, like, really flexible and, like, really motivated and, like, having, like, this goal, which is, like, two contradictory things, kind of. But um, what surprised me is, like, when I thought I knew my priorities after, like, having kids and, like, realizing that there are unexpected transitions it really, like, allowed me to, like, buckle down. Like, that's not, like, a fucking priority. Like, this right. is a fucking priority. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it kind of, like, narrowed my mind to think about the simplicity mm-hmm. of the options or, like, trying to, like, create simplicity in the multiple options that are out there. It's, like, why make things complicated when it's, like, it could be totally mm-hmm. simple. So less overcrowding of the brain and just more of, like... Does this work? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything surprised me. I like how I like came up with this question, but like, I'm like, I'm like, how, what surprised you about yourself with how you've dealt with unexpected transitions? I feel like. I'm surprised at how um, how much my tolerance for um, my tolerance for like unexpected things to happen has gotten down significantly lower than it used to. Like, I was one of those folks where, like, oh, okay that's a change that needs to happen. Cool. Sounds good. Um, and like, the thing is I could do that really well at my work. Like it's, it's interesting. Like I, I, I feel like I have the resilience to do that at work when it's something that's not super personal to me. I feel like I handle crises really well. And I think a lot of that is like, you know, just being so practiced in it and, and like dealing with um, or like you know working in a high trauma school. Um, and I still kind of bring that in into my new role, newish, no longer new, but into the role that I have now that is you know a little more slow paced. Uh, but when like crises happen, like it doesn't phase me as much. And so like I, I think like I, I think it's kind of a newer recognition for me to think that like oh, when it's something super personal, Like, it's like, I completely have like a, a, like a change. (laughs) It's kind of like, like I, you know, like it's almost, okay. I know this sounds really weird. So I'm, I'm trying to say, how do I say this? It almost feels like a rush when there's a crisis that happens. Not that I look for it in work or anything, But it almost kind of like, it jumpstarts me. So when I hear something happen at work or something, crisis pops up, like there's something in me where my adrenaline just pops in and we're like, all right, let's fucking do this. Let's go, 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 right? Um, But when it's something that's personal, like a slight change (laughs) is enough to be like, no, I can't do this. Um, It's like, I'm two different people in my job and in my personal life when dealing with transitions. So that's kind of like an interesting realization about myself. <laughs> Is that something that you feel like you've experienced as somebody who's also worked in like crisis situations and then like coming home and you know, like yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you you already kind of know a little bit about my some of the stuff that has happened before. Um but I think, like, since that, like, particular – sorry that I'm vague <laughs> booking for for listeners out there. But I think, like, since that, like, particular um, experience, I told you that I went into, like, my second job just, yeah. like, all anxious, feeling as if, like, the rug was going to be pulled yeah. from, like, under me. And then I realized that, like, I just don't yeah. do well with transitions because the predictability of like what I thought was going to happen did not happen and then it was just like very like unpredictable the entire time so it's like for me it's like I know that like even though I support people like my you know my team at work or like my clients who are going through transitions I'm pretty good at like being present and like staying with them at that moment but once five o'clock hits and I'm Mm -hmm. back home I'm also like a nervous Nelly. But then it also is just kind of like, well, knowing that I have awareness that I do not transition well, I think it's also given me like that insight to tell my spouse, like, hey, this is like really hard for me to deal with right now. Like, I just need to like just take a step right. back for a second. Um or I'll just like, say stuff like, I'm not crying because I'm mad, but I'm crying because this, you know, transition is like really, no, really right. tough right now. And I just need that space no, to just right. do that. So I think that, um, yeah, sure, it sucks. But also it's like, I think I have just better awareness of what yeah. I need to do or the capacity yeah. that I have before I start making any big, like right. major changes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you think also that like, you know, you know how like sometimes like, right, like when we're making decisions or like like our executive decision making skills, right? it The more you use it, the more you start, like it wears, right? It's not something like you have it for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious if it's the same with dealing with changes and crises, right? So if you're in a job that's constantly dealing with crises and so there's certain parts in your brain or in your heart or whatever right that's being exercised throughout that day dealing with that and then when you come home that's so it's so worn that the idea of more unexpected transitions popping up can feel daunting because you've already been doing that for you know in your job like I wonder if it's the same kind of idea right that like, we do have a limitation of how much we can deal with crises, um, with unexpected transitions or just, um, right? And so, like, I think part, like, as I'm processing this, I think I need to take into account how much I need of myself to deal with crisis. Like, I need to, like, reserve some of that energy and that those skills for when I go home. <laughs> I and so mm. I think that's just my realization of, like, you know, because as I'm hearing you talk about, like, how you need to, to kind of, like, have this, like, ritual in between, you know, when you transition, huh? Yeah, we should have, like, a game where every time we say transition, we just take a drink.
0: It's drink. <laughs> it is my drink, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, you know, and so anyway, so, like, transitioning from your job to, like, home, Right. And how you need that period of ritual to kind of just like replenish whatever it is to kind of like get your battery levels up for like dealing with unexpected transitions when you're And so I think that's what I need to do for myself, like instead of like sacrificing more of my personal self, I think I need to honor that a little bit more. And, you know, not that I'm saying like, yeah, I'm not going to do an awesome job in my job. It's just that I have to just be aware of reserving some of those crises, dealing skills and energy and mental and emotional energy for home. And just recognizing that that's just going to be a part of what parenting a toddler or just parenting in general is going to be like, like there's going to be a lot of unexpected transitions Mm -hmm. and I just need to have reserves Mm -hmm. to deal with that.
0: That's interesting that you say that because I was just thinking about like how we've been making decisions lately in Mm -hmm. our household. And a lot of it, because I mean, my job too is like dealing with crises and like supporting staff with crises. And I think like for me, it's a little bit easier in my job because I'm able to think about things objectively mm-hmm. because it's it's not about me, right? It's like it's it's depersonalized yeah. at that point. So I'm able to kind of like think about things a little bit objectively. But like when I get home, what I've noticed at least the last two weeks with me and my spouse, because we're just so yeah. tired, is that we've been putting mm-hmm. pauses in like big decision-making, mm-hmm. like decisions so it's just been like, should we think about this? It's like, no, let's not. Let's yes. table it. Let's table it for tomorrow. Let's table it for tomorrow morning. Um, And I think that's been like pretty helpful mm. to do because it's like it puts a good stop yeah. on like, nope, no brain capacity right now. Yeah. Let's revisit it in yes. the morning. So I, I think that's like something that has been yeah. at least like helpful for yeah. us. Right. Um, to be like, nah, yeah. pause. Yeah.
1: And that makes sense, right? It's your way of like reserving some of that energy for yeah, like being able to live in the chaos that sometimes happens when parenting mm-hmm. happens. And so I think thinking of it that way, yeah, I think could be really helpful, right? And so um, I think I think I'm going to start doing that a little bit more. I think at work because my brain is constantly like, I literally go from meeting to meeting to meeting and each collaboration I'm doing a lot of like thinking and decision-making and planning and like lots of, right? Like, Oh, and, and I love doing it. And I get such a rush doing it. Like I get such a rush of just like, Mm -hmm. let's collaborate, blah, blah, blah. But I think I need to schedule in time in between. So I, instead of like, let's say back-to-back meetings, I need to schedule time, like having less meetings per day so that I have break times in between those meetings. And break like, times to just mm-hmm. kind of like turn off my brain because that's a way for me yeah. to like – because I have gone home from work um, where like there's not a lot of decision making. There's not a lot of crises that's happened. And the thing is like in this job too, it's less of the crises that I used to to face when I was working with direct direct services, right, for um, students and families. And now it's the, – the crisis is different, Um especially now, you know, with under, under new supervision, um, like it's definitely a lot more slow paced, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I think I just need to like find ways in my job so that I can continue to have reserves of dealing with unexpected stuff. Um, or just kind of like giving grace to myself and not making decisions right away. That's big, like, you know, because that, that does take mental and emotional energy yeah um yeah Yeah. so those are things
0: thanks yeah giving yourself the grace to like not have to do things I I think like the one thing that I do appreciate about like the people that I do work with that are like higher up than I am it's like they're really good at modeling um just like you know we'll get there when Mm -hmm. we get there like things will things will still be there you know just go and take your break if you're not feeling well like call out sick because it doesn't help you know you it doesn't do your team justice or it doesn't you do your work justice if we're just trying to just right. like, push through right. it exactly yeah. exactly yeah, so. it really
1: doesn't and i think like i don't know if you've ever been in a space too when you're working um especially because like you also kind of have a supervisory role right so there's a lot of like there's some there's mm-hmm. some moments where you can just say like you know i'm not gonna work on this project right now you know like yeah. With direct service, it's a little hard because you're like, I have a client. I have to deal with (laughs) – not deal deal with, but, like, I have to work with. Um, And so, like, do you – what do you call it? Like, at the moment that you're just kind of like, okay, I'm starting to lose steam and making the decision, right? Because we we have these, like, cues in our brains. At least for me, I know there are cues Mm -hmm. in me that I'm just like, okay, I know I'm going to start to lose steam pretty soon. But I keep using Mm -hmm. it. I use it up. Until, like, I'm so tired that I'm, like, up, oh, and then I'm going to end that because I'm just so tired. But, like, I think I'm going to end work a little earlier before I get to that point of I've used up all my creative thinking. I'm going to go home now. You know? I think I'm going to do that. Anyway, just, like, little, like, concrete things to do so that we, yeah. we have the energy to feel grounded in the midst of unexpected transitions.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, For sure.
1: We had this is like probably you know, like one of the most cathartic like episodes we've had um where it's just, you know, like it it was just like pure like f- just processing, you know. And so there that's why there's a lot of pauses and there's a lot of um it's not neat. It's not as neat. Um, Not that we were typically neat because, you know, we try to model authenticity and stuff like that. So, um, but anyway, so after kind of the catharsis of like kind of dialoguing about the unexpected and expected transitions that are hard, you know, that we've experienced, um, what does your brain visually look like now? If we can make a metaphor, just kind of like our icebreaker, what does it look like now?
0: Um, I'm just going to refer back to the image that I had created earlier. Um, just to kind of, I know it's been like more than an hour prior to like to this, but like the vision that I had was like, here's this unkept house with like all the toys and just mess everywhere, water flowing, you know, doors open and all that right now. What I feel like it looks like is that the windows and the doors have closed the water has stopped running and that's where it's at.
1: Oh, it stopped running
0: where it, it just yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Where It's yeah. just paused. Yeah. Things are paused. Like things are, you know, things are still all over the place, but no one yeah. is dying. No one is needing to like, I don't need to run and clean up water at this point. Like, like, well, maybe I do, but maybe later. But it's like things have yeah. paused. I like it.
1: I like that. Mine looks the same, but it's drawn in a very Ghibli way. Like Studio Ghibli. You know, like Ghibli has this really cute way of drawing chaos a little bit you know like um uh, have you watched like Ghibli movies or um I'm googling <sighs> it right now because I was okay. like like type in spirited away like cartoons or I don't know stills
0: I'll just go spirited away and then let me look like up, images it, right? images
1: Okay, so Mm -hmm. what I love about Ghibli is that he has a, or I don't know who the, I'm sorry, it's not, Ghibli isn't the author, but anyway, like, what I love about, like, Ghibli movies is that the artist has a beautiful way of drawing chaos, that it's like, like, you know, like the mess of a house, the mess of a kitchen is drawn in a way that's like, oh, that still looks magical, Like, like, you know, just like it, you know? So it's still the same type of mess um that I drew or visualized earlier but it's kind of seen through a different lens of like yeah okay like my brain is messy but it gets to um it gets to remember, it gets to see, it gets to be with um you know the people that I love. And that's cool. I'm self now, so that's where I'm at. Not too
0: hot, not too cold. Feed them solid. Six months old. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid. Six months old. Not too hot, not too cold. Not too hot, not too cold. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid. Six months old.